James, you saw, he died. <laughs> we came, you saw, he died. <laughs> Look, you saw, he died. <laughs> now hey everyone welcome back to the sports ball politics podcast i'm your co-host stephen hopkins and i'm with my hairy gorilla animal co-host ross jamie and welcome ross gorillas in the mist we you know what we've been it's been like three weeks since we taped last people probably people probably thought we got like arkansas or something yeah you know it's like i feel like we had to we had to let all of these these really interesting events unravel, and then we were going to come back and do an action-packed show. Right. Which that, is where we're at now. That spin for we were too lazy to take. No, just kidding. We both had other crap going on. <laughs> we had a lot of crap going on in September. So, um, But um, what a wild... Yes, back. Back again. Back again. Um, so there's a bunch of things going on right now, but yeah, what are we gonna talk about today? let's, you know, the whole Trump Beltway stuff, that's for another night. That's not, you know, if you want to talk about Secretary of State's using the word moron, that's that's a Fox News thing. That's a CNN thing. Uh, we're kind of, that's a below our pay grade. Is there any update on uh, any Seth Rich stuff? No, that's been kind of silent lately. Um, you know, that, that breaks when it breaks. I follow a couple guys on Twitter who have GoFundMe accounts that actually... Continue to research. Uh, there's guys that are still hot on the trail, but you're not going to see anything break through until we can get the FBI and the DOJ engaged. And if they're not engaged, it's not going to go anywhere. And it's frustrating, but it's not for lack of trying by citizen journalists and citizen investigators. Um, and, and, and a lot of people still keep referencing the lawsuit going on where uh, Ed Butowski, who's a donor to the Republican Party, and Rod Wheeler, who is the private investigator, both of them still believe Seth Rich was indeed the leaker. Um, but they went to a lawsuit because there, it was a he said, he said. They couldn't get on the same page. Hannity had to back off the story. And now, like our liberal friends are like, see, it was debunked. Well, no, it wasn't debunked, you dickhead. Uh, is, it just, is it just now caught up in the grind of the, you know, of the court system? Of course it is. Of course it is. And the other thing, the other thing is... Um, Representative Dana Rohrabacher in California went out to meet with Assange a couple weeks back. And the idea is that Assange will be granted a pardon if he can prove that Russia did not hack the election. Now, if you know, or, or, or ha- Russia was not the WikiLeaks source. And as you can recall, we haven't heard Russia collusion in like a month, right? I disagree. I saw. I've, I've been seeing a, a recent narrative. We were going to bring. Oh, we should definitely great uh, turning right into it. That it is now Google and Facebook have come out and said that there was, you know, is it millions of dollars in ads that were spent on their platforms, uh, you know, promoting the, you know, the agenda, the Trump agenda. Really. Which, you know, like a couple other things we're going to talk about tonight, right? Like, you know, I have a different type of 
thought on these type things, uh, as you know. And the first thing that punches me in the face, right, is that, you know, one of the things that we know about Facebook, Google, YouTube, is they are all owned and run by those type folks that are on the left. Right. Real question, right? right? We had Google and Hillary Clinton pushing her, you know, undeniably 100% authenticated. Google was pushing uh, favorable articles about Hillary Clinton uh, up the search results. Of course it was. Of course it was. Uh, doing things like that. So as it comes to find out, <laughs> right, like, so you guys, you, Google, YouTube, right, same company, Facebook, you were complicit with the Russians right. in getting Trump elected, right? Right. Like, right? That's essentially what they're admitting if you look at it from a different angle, and I just find that hilariously ironic. It is, because now they're going to, st- here's what's going to happen, they're going to spin and say, hey, wait a minute, no, that wasn't, you know, that you're misrepresenting that. We're not trying to help Trump. And, you know, and anyone with a brain is going to say, well, hey, wait a minute, these these ads, you, you place these ads out there. Yeah, well, that wasn't intentional. Like, in other words, they're able to explain themselves away. But anyone in the Trump camp is not allowed to explain themselves away. And they're going to get really tripped up. Let's tie this in. I'm sorry, but let's tie this in because this is maybe a segue into this, is that, you know, one of the things that's come out and this is the underlying thing, I think, it's hypocrisy, right? And, and and one of the things we're seeing about the Weinstein, you know, leak and news story that's coming out, and one of the things that the people who posted it is, like, Mike Cernovich, right? Yep. Okay, Hillary. Okay, Obama. Here it is. Time for you guys to disavow, you know, this guy that you're seeing in pictures with. He's one of your biggest donors. Yep. Uh, Barack Obama, your daughter, interned for him over the summer. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Right? Like, time for you. You guys are. You guys want to, you know, Hillary, you want to write something political about, you know, guns and removing guns after the shooting. Right? Obama, yep. you want to you wanna side president uh you know side president car uh donald trump as he's running about every move he does well here's something that you guys we feel like we could all genuinely get behind here's a piece of shit and he happens to be on your side right yep let's go get out there talk about how you're denying or you're 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 disavowing and it's all crickets it's crickets and it's starting to crickets and, well, and the second thing, look, going back to the YouTube and whatnot, is you okay? You guys are admitting it, right? Like you're admitting that okay, we found the ads on our platform that Russia uh, used to throw the election. Well, is there any talk of you guys giving that money back and donating it to a charity right. for America? Right. No. And where's the left that they're that they're reading that their own networks are contributing to Trump's election? Where's their outrage? Where's right. their outrage saying you got to return the money? You right. got to donate it, right? To right. Donate it to Puerto Rico, right? Like, where's all the pussy hats? They're not going to come out because where are they? It's, it is. It to me, it's psychologically fascinating, Ross. Fascinating. It is that they can be so obtuse and blind to their hypocrisy when it comes to these type issues. Well, what they do is, you know, they, I call it. I like to call it the disavowal Olympics. So whenever something bad happens, they always expect the other side to rush to a microphone and disavow, disavow, condemn, repudiate, reject. And if you don't do it fast enough, you support it. So you saw or this with hard Char- enough or 
soft enough. Right. And yeah, yeah, even no matter what response you give, it won't be good enough. And, you know, you can, we talk about David Duke. You can condemn him for 17, 18 years, leave the, the Reform Party because of him, take out a page in the New York Times explaining yourself, and that's still not good enough in 2016, okay. 2017. So now, fast forward, and it's really, it's really just making them play their own game. So it's funny, Cernovich, Posobiec, Alex Jones, anyone with an active Twitter account is going after these people and saying, you know what, I think it's time that you condemn, you disavow, you give the money back. And it took Hillary five days. Uh, it took her five minutes after the shooting to start making fun of the NRA. It took her five days to, to call out her friend Harvey Weinstein. Uh, Has she finally done it? She threw her like spokesman, put together three sentences or something. Like, oh, like low energy sentences. So, um, you know, it's that. But you know what? Obama finally issued a statement. Uh, now you're gar you're getting some of the Hollywood. So I, you know, the cool kids of Hollywood knew this was happening about 13 years ago. Uh, Matt Damon and Russell Crowe killed a story um, that was going to break about Harvey Weinstein touching, groping all this other stuff with young girls in their early 20s, some even younger, on the casting couch. And it was like a similar routine where he would, he'd be in a bathrobe, he'd demand a massage. The girl would either say yes or no. And if she said no, he'd be very aggressive in coming after her to, to actually massage him. And he would threaten and say, you know, your career is going to go nowhere if you don't do this for me. This is what he's been doing for decades. Uh, and... Uh, George Clooney knew about it. Matt Damon knew about it. Ben Affleck knew about it. Um, I think Russell... Oh, pause, pause, Ross, because let's, again, let's connect some more dots, right? Because this is another thing that is just outrageous to me. It is outrageous, the hypocrisy, as I stand and I see another celebrity stand up and, and call Donald Trump X name, Y pig, sexual... All of you guys are complicit, and you've all known about it. You yep. guys are like the Penn State folks on staff. You're like the clergy that knew about it and turned a blind eye. Yep. Why? Because it benefited you. And if you knew you stepped out of line, God forbid, for somebody else, which that's your whole platform, liberal Democrats, right? Yep. You're all in the name of other people, right? You all want to get other people to do things, and you're all ready to tell everybody how to live except for yourself. Right. Right? So hear them, right? Name one. As they're standing there telling Donald Trump how horrible he is and everybody, you know, what he should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And here are all of them. It, it, what do they call it? Like It's like the Hollywood underground secret that everybody that's in the business knew about this. Correct. Everybody. And, and what do you think? And it, tip of the iceberg? Tip of the iceberg, right? Because as we know, we've, we've talked about this, I think, either on the air or not. Um, you know, this is par for the course. You know, John Travolta, for example, you know, it's been alleged that he grew up, and this was just part of the business, giving blowjobs for directors as a young, you know, Italian kid coming up. And you exactly. want a job? You want to roll in one of these films? You've got to blow the director. Right. And why did that happen? Well, it happened that way because that's the way it went back and all the way back to the beginning of Hollywood. Right, right. And that's how it's always been. It's been one of those open secrets. And what, uh, it, you know, it just came out before we started taping. Terry Crews, you know, that jacked black guy in the, the sports commercials yep. tackling. He said, this isn't just happening to women. Of course, it happens more to women. But he said he was sexually abused 
uh, on the casting couch. Um, they get these guys when they're in their teenage years or their early 20s. They want to break in. They want to be a star, make a name for themselves. And you get these, they're, they're rodent-looking vermin like Harvey Weinstein. Atrocious to look at. They belong in like a Star Wars cantina scene. Um, and they, they are physically and spiritually and emotionally unattractive. And what they do is they use their power. You know, Weinstein founded Merrimax. He ran Hollywood. And there are others like him. And this is how they exerted their power and their will. You saw today that, you know, Rose McGowan came forward. Angelina Jolie came forward. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow came forward. Uh, a lot of others it's, came. It's, you know what? It, but it, 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 to me, and this, I'm glad we're connecting these dots, right? Because, like, I find that fucking outrageous. I find these fucking coward women outrageous. As, you know, people are, oh, they're so good for them to come out. It's like, fuck you. Fuck you guys. You guys are now coming out. That's uh, To me, it's like the YouTube Google thing. Fuck you guys. That means that you guys, you guys are the ones that have been beating this drum, and you guys were complicit in fucking helping the Russians throw the election. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wait a minute. That's weird. Yep. So it's like double speak, right? That's what you're trying to get me. You help, and then you demonize the other side and say how outrageous it is. Right. Wait right. a minute. So all of you women, Rose McGowan, Angelina Jolie, you've all known about this for fucking how long? 20 years. 20 years since you guys have been there. You've known about this, and now it's convenient to come out, right? Correct. Oh, that's, that's so brave. And it's only because the... It's, Fuck you guys. It's, Fuck it's you only because he got caught and his career's going down now, and now they're like, oh, I'm safe. I can say something about it. Self-preservation. It's, it's, it's a whole, like, mental disease. It's part of the whole disease, I feel, of that whole side. And I'm not afraid to say it anymore. I, I feel like I'm, like, all-out verbal war against them because I've had enough. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, it, you're going to keep getting more of it. And we just got through a campaign where the war on women continued and they, they went off against Trump and blah, blah, blah about his past and were silent during the Clinton years and they were silent on Anthony Weiner. And now let's, let's fast forward to 2017. I'm going to list a few names that have been in the news or about to be in the news or whatever for decades. You have, remember Roman Polanski raping the 13 year old. He's a pedophile rapist. And then he, they fought him. Uh, all of Hollywood stood up for him. Literally, Meryl yeah, Streep stood up. that name connected to a Meryl Streep, right? Yep. She's been one of the most amazing cunts, and I'm yep. using that word selectively, and getting up and just being, again, completely outrageous in the things that she says. And not only is she like, you know, has she, you know, said unbelievable things about Roman Polanski, yeah. right? But, you know, what, what kind of story are we going to come out and hear about her in connection with... Uh, you know, this scumbag. Well, she right? actually, like, so again, she, I, I can't wait, right? I, I mean, it, it's just going to be so laughable. And I hope that everybody is just thinking the same thing as they see her get up and rail against Trump the next time. Right. And it's like, you guys are, it's, it's ridiculous. Like you guys are just completely ridiculous. They're political opportunists. They watched the whole campaign go by. They knew Weinstein was doing all this stuff. She called him God at a, at a, at an awards show. Like she loved and worshiped this man. She'll issue a dumb statement, a low-energy statement, saying she condemns it because she has to. But behind the scenes, they all knew about it. They talked about this on 30 Rock. They wrote it into the script. Seth MacFarlane made a joke about this a couple years ago at a nomination ceremony. This was an open secret. Tina Fey knew about it. Brad Pitt used to date Gwyneth Paltrow. And when she told him, he cornered Weinstein and said, Don't you ever fucking put your hands on her again. Uh, so Brad Pitt, I think, was an early adopter of... 
There's some crazy shit going on in Hollywood. I'm not sure how much I want to be a part of it. Ashton Kutcher is woke. Um, he's starting that whole child trafficking thing. He gets it. He knows there's pedophilia as well. Um, Roman Polanski, we know about that. Uh, we know that Brian Singer, the guy that directed the X-Men movies, would have underage parties, sex parties. Uh, we know that the guy from Glee was caught with thousands of child pornography. Um, like, like real bad ones. Like, the one I was hearing about that, like, you know, they were, you know, you hear about pornography and people are into it. And it's like, oh, you know, maybe he has some, you know, racy 18, 19-year-old girls. Right. And, oh, maybe there's a 17-year-old girl that looks like she's 22 mixed in there. Right. No, no, no. The guy from Glee had, like, had, like... 9 to 12 to 14 uh, year olds in like sexual positions. Disgusting. And, disgusting. Yeah, like shit like that, dude. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, this, this is where, you know, my, my my idea of religion and whatnot, but, you know, I'm listening to Alex Jones and he's talking about it. And, you know, and he just goes right to the, I mean, this is the devil, right? Yep. This is the devil. This is what evil looks like. It's demonic. It's, you know, it's demonic. Yeah. Like, it's, it's hard for me to, as someone who's not religious, it's hard to not kind of agree in some ways well you know, you know I, and even um as a devout catholic i mean we know that evil can manifest everywhere that there's power so we saw it in the vatican we saw it in the sports world with sandusky and more we saw it in dc uh with dennis hastert the former speaker of the house being caught with boys uh we saw it with anthony weiner we're now seeing in the media with all of hollywood falling apart as we speak and there's more. They, they loved Woody Allen over the years. Um, you know, now they're saying that there's other producers who are just as bad as Weinstein uh, who will be uh, turned, not turned in, but they'll be exposed very soon. Right before we taped, I was on Kim.com's Twitter account. He's the guy in New Zealand. And he said that he is using his, he's worth billions, I think. He's using his money to help fund and initiate a legal fund for, uh, victims of Hollywood rape, sexual abuse, predatory behavior. Yes, he's doing he's doing what Peter Thiel did with Hulk Hogan against Gawker. Yeah, right? essentially he's he's using that playbook. Right. And, and Russ, who who broke this story? And I'm not. I maybe sounded like I know, but I'm asking. Do you know who broke this story first? New York Times. New York Times, very interesting. And the New Yorker, two very very liberal magazines and newspapers. Yeah, like I almost thought that, and you know, because you know what this stinks like. You know, there's there's some stank on this, <laughs> and there's a real there's a real very specific someone stank on it, and I kind of like it, and it's and that's why I'm surprised you said New York Times, but it's that much more powerful, and it maybe tells me how much more powerful this guy is to get it published under that. And what kind of threats were made against that magazine and what they have? Well, that, that well, that's here's the thing. Here's the thing. So two years ago, um, the DA was paid. The DA in I think New York City was paid off to not investigate or press charges on Harvey Weinstein. He gave him ten thousand dollars. This was going to run in 2015, um, but he got the DA got bought off. Um, so that's where it kind of just died. Uh, in 20, 2004, I said Matt, uh, Matt Damon and Russell Crowe intervened to say, look, it was like a back and forth between some studio guy, blah, blah, blah. This was a lot of other noise going on. 
in the in the process, the idea of Weinstein doing inappropriate things came up. Matt Damon and Russell Crowe basically said, "Let's put the kibosh on the story. Too much conflicting information. We don't want to do anything unless we have all the facts." Blah blah blah. Here we are, thirteen years later. Um, so they knew all about it. Uh, and on a side note, Milo has said that he has been to parties where there's underage kids there. Uh, shame on him for not doing anything about it. Uh, this is right around the time he was getting victimized in May. Um, and there was other, like, remember Elijah Wood from Lord of the Rings came out and said, there's a pedophilia problem in Hollywood. And immediately after, he issues the restatement where he walks it back. Um, same with Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman from Goonies, him and Corey Haim, were among those kids that were, I believe, molested. And he, he, he talks about it. He's very open about it. Um, Brad Pitt has allegedly had some conversations, whispers about it. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, through his program, is kind of, it's almost a dog whistle for, hey, guys, check out what's going on in Hollywood, in D.C., in New York City. This is a big deal. And the average schlub on either side of the fence has no clue what is really going on. And this is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I don't just throw that phrase around. This is just the beginning. Yeah, now, I, I want to bring I want to bring this back because you kind of went away from it. It's like I want to go back to the guy that I think is kind of masterminding this, and I don't think it's a coincidence of timing uh, between his departure of his previous job and, and all of a sudden this. I mean, this is big. This is really big. So, who do you think it is? Who do you think it is? Do you think it's Bannon? I think it's fucking absolutely Bannon. You wow! But he he is hated by New York Times. He's hated by the. I, well, that, Ross, but it's like, think of how much more powerful it is when you get the New York Times, like I've just said, that's why it was surprising to me to come out with an article against their own right. uh, versus if Breitbart published it. Right. If Breitbart published it, they're going to say that's all right. That's InfoWars type if, thing. If Breitbart published it, it doesn't matter. It's gone. Right. right. And that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he's, yeah, and that's why it's so masterful because it's like he's not leaving the White House and making that kind of cryptic statement about like, yeah, it's my time because I can do battle out here way better than I can in there. And I go after these people. Yep. Right. Yep. And it's like, and I've, I've done this kind of stuff before and I understand the strategy of, you know, totally getting like, yeah, you're not going to get it published under the Breitbart name. It's actually brilliant that you're going to get it published under the, you know, the times name. And what's even better is because what do they have? And yep. what are they promising? What does he promise not to publish? Right. If, if they let this go about sexual harassment, you know, because I think, you, you know, you and I, are, we're woke enough to understand some of the stuff that actually does go down. That right. it's like shocking. Right. Yep. The stuff that maybe Elijah would like, you know, young boys and girls and, you know, it, it's just to the average person, it's too much for them to even comprehend. Right. So... You know what, what? What would that look like if you were willing to publish what they published, right? What would that have to be? Yeah, and it, that's an interesting thing to think about, and it kind of shows you the power of Bannon if, I, if that were true. That is, I'm, I hadn't even considered that. If that ends up being true, how crazy will that be? Do you think he, like, for instance, I they, don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy at all. I think you know, listen, who who is the who is the most masterful person that that. Who is the most masterful person that that knows how to operate in and within the media today in our generation and lifetime? Probably Trump. 
Donald Trump. Yep. No question. He happens to be our president right now. And who is his chief of staff for the first, you know, six, seven months of his presidency? Sean uh, Spa. Uh, no, uh, Priebus. Oh, yeah, not Priebus. Uh, not chief of staff. You mean like was, st- strategist, uh, chief strategist. Oh, his chief strategist is Bannon. Stephen so Bannon. you're telling me the guy that's the most media savvy, and he's also from New York, by the way, and Bannon leaves, so you have these guys strategizing their game plan for the next three years and into the next election, and all of a sudden, the New York Times publishes this? Yeah. That's interesting. And also, look what look what also happened today. Project Veritas dropped the new video on New York Times. Did you see that today? I saw I, I saw from Alex Jones that he dropped it, but I didn't get to actually see any footage or have any context uh, on what it was about. So here's what it was about. It's about a 14 minute video. It's only it's only part one from inside New York Times. And what they were able to do is get the head of all of the digital media who gets every video onto their social media platforms covering the news they got him under you know under uh on camera saying he's obviously in the tank uh, against trump he hates trump uh you know his dipshit son donald jr um he starts talking about how he wants to influence the news um he he makes up a lie that he's comey's godson which is weird and then he says something like, oh, I should have recused myself from any and all reporting, but I just didn't want to get caught. And then he said, "Then he said, oh, I was actually a former member of Antifa and asked me why I was sent there. And the person recording says, well, okay, why were you sent there? And he said he was sent there by the FBI to embed himself and see exactly what was going on. And the girl said, well, what was going on? What, what, do we have to have anything to worry about? And he goes, Antifa is domestic terrorists. And this is all on tape. And then he gets confronted because they call his family, and his family's like, what the fuck is he talking about? That's not his godfather. Um, all this other stuff. And then she calls him and says, well, why did you say that? And he's like, uh, I just wanted to lie. It sounded like a good story. So I don't know what's true. I don't know if he knew that he was being recorded, so he started to troll them. I don't think he's obviously not Comey's godson, but... If he was actually in Antifa, uh, it's it's known that FBI penetrates these domestic organizations to see what's really going on. And we know that Antifa has been penetrated by multiple parties in the uh, conservative movement. So, you know, this guy basically was trying to play disinformation 101. And I think, I don't know what was true, what was not true, but he did imply that Antifa was indeed a domestic terrorist organization. He actually said those words on camera. So, um, and he was going on to say, oh, you know, all of the New York Times, they all hate Trump. Um, he's like, oh, I'm just here to be, you know, objective and nonpartisan. He uses quotes and starts laughing. Um, it's, it's the secrets now, you know, you and I knew this for years, but now they're starting to get more brazen about it. Um, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's going to be the first of probably three tapes to drop this week. Uh, more next week. What will probably happen going into winter is we will see the the Antifa clips coming forward, where people go to Antifa meetings and they hear about what they're planning on doing, violent activities, and those will start to get released by Project Veritas, by Dinesh D'Souza, by Infowars, by the Hagman Report. These are guys that have folks embedded. They've gotten great insider sources over the years. They've been proved right time after time, and and now they're embedded within Antifa, within the Washington Post. Within the New York Times, within CNN, 
Like, there's nowhere for these fuckers to hide. I, hell, I hope they embed someone in Fox News. I don't care. Um, but this is, you know, the, the, the game is changing. And the left is a couple steps behind. They're usually well organized on campaigns. As it relates to social media, they're pathetic. They're horrible. They're losing. They're losing the meme warfare. The meme warfare. Uh, they're getting their asses kicked. So, um, very interesting time to be alive, to say the least. <laughs> I agree. So, um, so what? What? Uh, what else do you got going on? I mean, do we want to talk about Las Vegas? The latest news on Las Vegas. Yeah. So why don't you break that whole thing down? That's a big chunk. That's huge. So what's what's ended up happening? What do we know now. Uh, so what's happening now, and this was a big win last night, for the longest time, we've heard that the shooter, and, and I'm not good with timelines, it bores the hell out of me, but if, if alt-media can break news, we have to give credit to alt-media while the MSM media just sits there. So, Laura Loomer, who's the, one of the girls, that she's the girl that jumped into the crowd during that Caesar play with Jack Posobiec, um... She was all over the news for that. She's very brave. She goes up to Hillary at book signings and says, what do you think about having a rapist for a husband? Stuff like that. So um, she's very brave. So what she did was she somehow got into the press conference yesterday. And the existing story for seven, eight days so far has been Las Vegas Police Department has announced that uh, he checked in on September 28th. And then he did a shooting, you know, whatever day. Um, and then... Last night, I mean, after a couple days of her showing receipts, showing, um, you know, the logs every time he used his cards to scan, um, it, and I saw, I've, I've looked at the pictures, it says September 25th. So in other words, he's been there since the 25th, uh, in and out, I'm sure he's driving across Vegas looking for different spots to do his attack on. But you're not getting the truth out of the Las Vegas Police Department. You're not getting the truth from the FBI. And we know the story. There's more to the story. There was a security guard that supposedly tried to kill him. Then it was a guy that tried to work with him. And then he, he somehow was one of the people that saved everyone's life. Well, no, it turns out the first, security guard was the first to go. This came out last night at the press conference. And you Why could do I feel the need to have to lie about that? Well, that's, that's another thing. So, you know, I guess shame on the Trump administration if they know more than they're telling us. I think what they're going to do, they're going to find out that, A, he was radicalized. And it's exactly what we said two months ago. We said the next version 2.0 of terrorism is going to be ISIS slash radical Muslims working with Antifa and then bringing it domestically. And I think, you know, Alex Jones, whether you believe him or not, I'm still waiting for more information to come in, said that the uh, hostage-taking team called him right after the shooting and said the guy didn't kill himself. He was shot dead by the hostage team. Uh, and then after that, uh, the hostage team said they found Antifa and ISIS paraphernalia in the room. Oh, wow. So that was a big thing. And I hadn't heard that elsewhere. I'm starting to hear reports that that's indeed true. It's the same people that said he's been here since the 25th. It's the same people that said the security guard was capped right away. So the same people who've been right about some of the narrative shifting last night are saying there's ISIS, there's Antifa gear. They supposedly found a video that said exactly what he was radicalized for and that there were others like him ready to attack at the right moment. So I don't know if Trump and the administration and DOJ and FBI and DHS, they're all playing their cards close to the vest. They're leaking breadcrumbs bit by bit because they don't want the story to get out. 
that it's a, a radicalized guy that went out to the Middle East six months ago. He got radicalized. ISIS has a big presence in the Philippines. Uh, his, his girlfriend's from the Philippines. They went out there a couple times. They went out to the Middle East. There's pictures of them doing it. He stopped drinking a couple months ago. And there's no way in hell he got all of his money uh, from just gambling. I mean, he was just a, he was a savant, but he was not, he did not get all of his money from gambling. So all that together, and I think we know where the story's going. It's going to take a really dark turn in the next couple days. And I, you know, if Trump knows the truth, shame on him if it doesn't come out with it and say, look, the terrorist attack happened on my watch, fine. Uh, but here's what the story is. It's because ISIS is working with Antifa. Maybe it was ISIS. Maybe it was just Antifa. Maybe he was an alt-right guy. We don't know, but there's probably a 2% chance it was an alt-right guy. The other, the other suspects are some type of radical Islam affiliate and or Antifa. So that's what they're holding. If, if, if we find out it's Antifa, I mean, there's going to be bloodshed right away because you're, you're going to get the Charlottesville crowd, right, who's going to be all, all jacked up looking for a fight, and they're going to now say, hey, look what Antifa did. You know, we need some satisfaction. And then this escalates to next time there's like a, you know, a, a concert of lefties, a Bruce Springsteen concert, a Bon Jovi concert, they go light things up. Or maybe they'll do something in an inner city, Camden, where Jay-Z's performing or something like that, where they will return the favor uh, probably twofold, where, you know, a hundred people die, a thousand people get shot. And that's the escalation. You and I talked about a couple episodes ago where we said right after Charlotte, it's going to be a baton passing back and forth. Who can outdo the other until, God forbid, something bad happens to Trump? And that's how they're going to do the Civil War thing. So does FBI have their thumbprints on it? I don't know. The CIA? I don't know. It's very interesting, but you're not being told the whole story. So I know that's a lot to unpack, but any, any, any gut reaction? Well, I want to know your your next follow up is I want to know what are some of the more popular conspiracy theories out there because I know that you know to if people know or not that right now that we really don't know or they're not telling us the public what the motive was which right. is always what people want to know is why right so, yeah so the conspiracy theory I mean what's it's looking more and more each day that it wasn't just a random crazy guy um, the other thing that I heard was that you know you saw the brother talking. And depending on what you thought he was going to say next, he either said, um, he gave some intro to how weird and unique his brother was, and he said, you know, Steve was a, 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 and then he stopped. And it looked like he was going to say arms dealer. Um, a, a buddy of mine from work said, well, no, he could have been saying an army of one, colloquial phrase. Um, I don't know what he was about to say, but he cut himself off. Uh, the brother has been very, very um, outspoken so far. And I don't know if he was going to be involved with the actual shooting. You know, that's one theory popping around, that he's a guy that backed out at the last second and just let his brother do it. Um, what else? There's ideas that it was just a crazy guy who had had enough. He had gambling debts. That's boring. It's milk toast. It's vanilla. It could very well be the truth. I doubt it uh, because usually at that point, if you have debts that you can't overcome, you kind of just take your life, or you hang yourself, or you jump, or you shoot yourself. Um, they said he wasn't a big gun guy, 
but he somehow got upwards of 20 guns up. Uh, they say the security guard may have helped him and was capped and taken out. Uh, there's another theory floating around that he was working with the other ISIS guys. The ISIS guys saw that something was about to go sloppy. They killed him, and then they ran from the scene. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff about, you know, floor 42, floor 32, floor 10, um, multiple shooters. I get headaches when I hear that stuff. Uh, when someone says, oh, I heard gunfire on one side, and then another rapid gunfire on the left side, I just get headaches. I can't follow it. I'm not good with, you know, who did what when, timeline. I'm just, my head starts to spin. I get a headache. So those are all the theories going on right now. I'm going to stick to my original theory that he got help. He was not alone. Uh, he had some help on the inside. Uh, they have not been truthful with the timeline. Um, and I think he was radicalized by ISIS and somehow got involved with an Antifa affiliate to conduct this attack. Because it was indeed a country concert. You figure a lot of country people are Trump supporters. Um, he did, to be fair look down the road at other things. There's like a Lollapalooza reboot he wanted to shoot up. He looked at some rap concerts. So that's what they say. Um, but I'm holding him accountable for what he actually did. And he shot up a country concert. So that's kind of my hot take on it. I don't know. What do you think the real story is? You still there? Yeah, yeah. It's like a real life... Uh you know, mystery novel. There's just so many, you know, variables. And then, you know, you, at the end of the day, like you and I, and I know I, we rail against mainstream media for lying on so many things. Like, what can you believe in this or not? You know, it's right. like, I have to put that lens on and, and, you know, and look at that. So it's totally fucked. I have no idea. You know, as you said, he said a hundred thousand uh, dollars overseas yep. uh, with his girlfriend who's from, uh, I think the Philippines. Yeah, the Philippines. And there's a big, there's a big ISIS presence in the Philippines. I know. Is that is that it? Was this guy? You know, was he radicalized over there? And you know, or by her? I mean, we know women can make men do some really crazy shit. Right. Right. So it's very interesting. I don't know how it's going to go down, uh, but much like on 9/11, where they said terrorists hate us for our freedom. Anyone with a brain knows, okay, there's a little more than that. Let's peel back the onion. It's not a random... If they, if it's a random crazy guy, that's their way of trying to get the investigation to shut down sooner. So if you say, oh, if he was just crazy, couple screws loose, they want people to say, oh, okay, well, investigation should be over. He's dead. That's it. Everything's a dead end. Let's move on. Let's go to gun control. But no, that, you know... Alternative media is keeping it alive. We're saying, look, we're asking the questions at the press conferences. That's CNN, Fox, MSNBC. They're not asking, like, insightful questions. They'll ask, you know, dopey questions about, you know, when can we expect a suitable response and the investigation to accelerate. Like, they'll ask dumb, low-energy questions. I want alternative media to get in there, and they have, and say, I'm going to ask questions that you're uncomfortable with. And you could see the police chief get more and more uncomfortable when she kept asking. To the point where he said, stop, that's not the protocol of this discussion. That's not how we conduct a press conference. Uh, stop asking your question. And he eventually answered. He said, we now have information that he was here as early as the 25th, but we don't have him on premises. But that's, you know, now you've gotten alternative media gets a victory because they asked the question no one else did. 
and he's uncomfortable answering it. And not that he's a bad guy, um, but he's not being forthcoming. And if I don't care what party you are, what your allegiances are, if you're not forthcoming because you fear there's going to be a bigger backlash, I hate that. I just want the friggin' truth. Whatever it is, just give me the truth. I'll deal with it. But there's so many stupid people in this country that they wouldn't respond well. We see the temper tantrums 11 months old. We see how crazy the quote-unquote thoughtful Hillary supporters have gotten over the past 11 months. Um, you know, what would happen if the, the right-wing equivalent got energized because this was an Antifa attack? What would happen? It would be the gun control war against the now Antifa's violent, validates the both sides remark. So, it's crazy. It's very, very crazy. So, it's crazy out there, man. It's crazy. It is. It is. So, any, I'm worth the 40 minute mark, but anything else going on that you want to talk about or save till our next podcast? Um, no, I think these are all, I think the majority of these, I mean, they're all ongoing events. So, it's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting to catch up, you know, sometime at the end of this week, next week, and see where we progress to. Yep. What's breaking, more points, connections, dots being connected. Um, yeah, I think that that's exciting. And, you know, I, I, I think, didn't we hear something, a date coming up, going back to Antifa that they were We did. Well, yeah, let's get on record with this one. Yeah, so this is, didn't we, the November 1st? I don't know why so that's November, exactly. November 4th, 4th. Uh, is a big date for them. It's like the 100th anniversary of the Bolshevik Revolution. And Antifa and all of the people that have been uh, infiltrating are saying Antifa's coordinating and you know doing some type of march or escalation of events around early November. And, you know, you hear these rumors from time to time, but now that we're getting better at platforming and embedding and media in a Project Veritas world, um, now we have people on the inside from alternative media who are hearing this real time, and when the time is right, they're releasing the information. If it's actionable. Um, if it's a bunch of like vague, he said, she said, they're not going to probably publish it. But if October 25th, we hear that they're going to go live with a November 4th event where they start throwing piss bottles at people, throwing acid like they tried to do at the inauguration. Um, I think you're going to start to see some videos coming out. I guarantee there'll be videos out before November 1st um, because they want to get they want to get on the right side of the Antifa thing. They want to demonize them. The idea is this. We know that the loser neo, neo-Nazi white nationalist types are limited in number. They're starting to regather, but there's like, you know, they're, they're one-tenth the size of Antifa. They're one-twentieth the size of Black Lives Matter. They're, they're racist scumbags, but they're not the big threat that everyone makes them out to be because they're so few in number as opposed to a Black Lives Matter, as opposed to an Antifa, where a lot of them are masked up, a lot of them have you know, their face obscured, a lot of them are shooting at cops and being violent towards cops and slashing tires and throwing shit in the streets and looting. All those, all those people, I think the admin, the FBI, DHS, DOJ, they're trying to get on the right side of that. And if they can make Antifa look like the eternal bad guy, It'll be kind of a gut check for the crazy, hysterical, unhinged left where they, they kind of slow their roll a little bit. Because I do think if this story gets out about this guy being an Antifa wind-up toy and then there's some response from the conservative side, which then escalates and keeps going back and forth, 
I think you're going to see some of the more crazy people say, okay, let's call a truce, blah, blah, blah. But it'll validate Trump and make Trump look like he was pretty prescient in what he was seeing. So that's kind of that's kind of my thought on the whole thing. I agree with you. I, uh, let, let, let's go on record with this. Are you happy with what Trump's done? I'm about... I are today, the 10-10-17. You happy? I'm... I'm on board with about 65 to 70 percent of what he's doing. 65 to 75. Yeah. I think one thing that people are saying, and I agree actually, for the big issues he really got elected for, he needs to lead. So for instance, with the wall, I want him at the front of the line approving prototypes. With health care, he's kind of, he sold us a bill of goods. I need him at these meetings with all the loser Republicans saying, here's the vision I want Fucking make it happen, Paul Ryan, or I'll turn on you like I did on Bob Corker, on John McCain, on Lindsey Graham, on Ben Sass, and all these other stiffs uh, who are now, and Jeff Flake, the guys that are now, you know, Jeff Flake's down about 20 points to his primary opponent. He's done. So all the establishment Republicans are getting their asses kicked. Um, so watch the space. I think Trump knows he's got to start lining up some victories. And blaming it on Congress is one thing. I don't want him going the executive action route. That's that's kind of like the coward's way out. But if he can lead on health care reform, if he can lead on the wall, if he can lead on tax reform, I think that's going to improve his, his, his ratings to like 60. And then I think it'll guarantee his re-election. So that's why I'm at 6.5. What's that? I think he's already been guaranteed re-election. You know, I've, I've been on record saying that already. Yeah, I... I tend to agree. But do you, like, what's your, what kind of rating are you giving him right now? Oh, I mean, I'm, every day that I wake up and I pinch myself and say, is Donald Trump really president? Yeah. Somebody goes, yep. And I go, fucking thank God. Yep. Thank God. It is the, I, it is the greatest thing politically that ever happened in my lifetime. I'll tell yep. you that right now. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm on board with 100% of what he's doing. Good. I think everything that he's doing fantastic, um, including making liberals' head blow up every single day. Right. That's awesome. I'm, I'm very pleased about that. And that's something we don't talk about enough. So what I'm trying to caution my liberal friends, like I know you and I, Steve, were on different sides of the fence when Obama got reelected. I, we were the same. We were on the opposite sides during 2008 when he initially got in. But after a while, I realized, probably at like the one-week mark, it's not a good use of my time, my energy, and my overall health to hyperventilate over everything. Uh, it's not a good use of time. I can't control it. It's like when you throw, start throwing your remote because a sports game didn't go the way you wanted it. You kind of you kind of look like a little bitch. So, you know, I realized that. I can still complain about Obama, blah, blah, blah. But I, I pick my fights. If I'm going to post something on Facebook, I'm not going to do it five times a day bashing Obama. Because then people are going to be like, okay, dude, fucking get a life. Um, but we're now almost one year in, and we're still seeing the liberals lose their mind over every single tweet, over every single comment, over every single press conference, over every single piece of legislation. And it's really it's it's grating and it gets on my nerves and they're shortening their lives by doing it i think it's fascinating yeah it is because they're the adults in the room supposedly just ask them <laughs> exactly and this is how the adults behave yep got it yeah got it exactly I always, remember, I always remember back 
day after, right? It was like, I look at it in America as like what you and your weird religion call BCAD. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I, in, in my world, it's BTAT. There's before Trump and after Trump, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how, how time is going to be told. And the day after when Trump was elected, and how many people took to the social media and they go, ah, ah, Yep. But what am I going to tell my children? And I wanted to reach out, and I still do, to every single one of them and say, here's an opportunity to be an adult, you guys. Yep. You tell your children, this is the process in America, and here's an opportunity to see what it looks like to lose. Right. And in losing, there's winning. Right. There's things to be taught. But yep. these fucking losers clearly didn't get that message. They didn't. They were whining about what am I going to tell their children with the idea of, oh, my God, the world's going to come to an end. What do I tell my children? You know? Yep. yep. So the world's still here as far as I'm concerned and all those people are. So well, the world, the, what, the, do you think those people, what do you think those people told their children? They probably said, you know, a, a man like him should never be president. He's mean to girls. And they don't tell the Bill Clinton story where he actually raped women and got used a human humidor for a cigar holder um, in the in the Oval Office. But that they're they're all millennials now. They don't remember that. It's disgusting. I mean, Bill Clinton set the bar low. John F. Kennedy set the bar low. I don't like Trump the person, but damn it, it's you know the the bar was set low by others. Um, so you know, what do I tell my daughter? My daughter was pumped. We took him. We had him stay home from school the next day. We all had a big party at our house. Kids were stoked. So, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So, um, so it's it's interesting. I love calling stuff before it happens. You and I have that in that ability to do that uh, with precision. It's really fun to do. I'm very excited about it. So, um, so let's. Um, Let's stop for tonight, and we can reconvene in the next couple of days or so. Yeah, yeah I, think that was a, I think that was a good one. What do you think? All right, do you want me to release this tonight? or? Yeah. All right, I'll release it now. All right. All right, folks, sounds like a plan. So we will see you in the next couple of days. We'll start getting back into the groove with this. <clears throat> and watch the space on Weinstein in Las Vegas, because you're going to find a lot of the stuff's about to come true. So until then... 99 we'll talk we'll, we'll talk soon see ya bye bye all right i'll call you in a couple days all right okay see ya bye bye